Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome back to the 750. I am your ORG Ochoa. He is your 75 two time Super Bowl champion, college football Hall of Famer, master of the Peloton, the one and only Tony Casillas. TC, what up? I'm doing good, man. Really, really good. I, um, I feel like I've been refreshed. I uh, had a chance to go out of town for a few days to uh, Rio Dosa. Rui Dosa. Let me, let me say this right. Rui Dosa. New Mexico, because it's I saw that's the pronunciation. But anyway, um, it's a chance to visit New Mexico and uh, God, the weather was beautiful. As you know, where we live, it's been ungodly hot. So I'm feeling rested, man. I'm feeling good. I hope your yourself is, is doing well in your in your uh, your world as we uh, kind of navigate through this covid environment. Everything's good over here. Um, I saw you. Um, it looked like you were like on like a sand buggy or whatever it's called. Um, you were making some sand angels. Um, what was what was that like when you stood up? Like how, how many times do you have to dust up? Well, there's this phenomenon in in, uh, in Rio Dosa. Uh, it's about an hour and 15 minutes away. And it's called the White Sands National Park. And it's, it's eight miles and nothing but white sand. Uh, and so that's one of the things we wanted to do while we were there. And... Uh, it's, it's weird because it's all deserts in the Sierra Blanc Mountains, and then you go to this nothing but white. You can see it from the distance. But really, RJ, it's like uh, it's like in the middle of nowhere. Uh, it's like basically um, like on a cloud, and it's nothing but a white cloud, but it's nothing but sand. It's white sand, uh, and just the way it was, this thing evolved. But uh, I was out in the middle of the desert, white sand, if you will, uh, doing snow angels and also you can actually sled down the the dunes uh, just just envision yourself of, of regular sand but it nothing but white and it's just powdery powdery sand and you play but golf it's like being inside a really soft white fluffy bunker and but it's okay. for eight miles uh, but it was it was fun um it, you know it's interesting because uh when you do something like that you expect the, the sand to be really hot but it's the the you know, the deeper you go, it's really cool, uh, literally. Mm. So uh, I recommend anyone that ever gets, gets a chance to go to Rio Dulce, New Mexico, to put that on your list because you will be blown away of this phenomena of white sand, eight miles. And as far as you can see, it's nothing but white. It's pretty cool. Okay. Well, um, it looked cool judging off uh, or judging off the, uh, the gram photos that you had. And like I said, you had the nice sand angel. Um, I, I really... I'm like bothered about like your clothes. Just thinking about that, that had to be a nightmare for the next like 30 minutes. No, it was the nightmare. Was it looked like I almost had a crop top on, and oh. my belly was hanging out. Um, but no, and the sand really was wasn't that big a deal. I got up and brushed it off, and 
again, when you're in a place like that, with just like God made this, you're just blown away that the things that we have to visit in the United States is amazing. All these ridiculous sure. national parks. So it was, it was, it's so much fun. And, and look, now it's back to reality. Um, as I mentioned, it was 61 degrees and to come back to, to Texas where we're, we're at, where we live. I know you're in the Valley down, uh, in, in tax South Texas, and I'm here in, in, in Dallas and it's been freaking ridiculously hot. It is, uh, it is very warm. It is not 61 degrees. Uh, it's even hot at night. Um, it's always hot. It just never ends. Um, maybe in November it will break 70, but uh, we'll, uh, we'll see about that. Uh, you mentioned uh, all the great places that there are to visit in the United States. Obviously, these are uh, some troubling times for our country, for our world. Uh, but, Tony, we're talking on Tuesday. Today is the day that Dallas Cowboys rookies, along with 29 other teams, are scheduled to report to the star in Frisco. We've seen some of them. Um, already kind of documenting their trip on their Instagram stories, kind of like you with your sand angel. And um, they're all obviously going through a very unique experience. I know that rookies uh, experience things a lot differently than you did when you reported to your first NFL training camp. Um, but even then, I mean, they've got to be wearing masks. They've got to have their temperatures checked. They've got to go through all the proper protocols and whatnot. And uh, as we're learning, um, apparently players are going to be tested when they arrive to camp and then have to wait 72 hours and then be tested again uh, and, and, you know, not and test negative again for a second time before they can begin uh, strength and conditioning, et cetera. That is a lot uh, for anyone to go through, let alone somebody entering a new job, a whole new world that is the NFL. There's so much labor and, and, and thinking of that and really just the NFL not putting their – being able to wrap their arms around this whole new COVID environment and how they're going to deal, deal with it. Um, players, as we saw yesterday, were really, really just uh, concerned about the safety. On Sunday, yeah. Yeah, and then uh, Demarcus Lawrence, you know, he sent something out on Instagram. So I don't think until, you know, the last hour, the NFL didn't really understand and really didn't have a policy on how they were going to do this. And so I think there's going to be a lot of overkill. Obviously, it's just an unusual environment. Um, mm -hmm. As I mentioned before we came to start a, start a podcast, it is so clinical to the way that they're going to do this whole training camp. And and I think that the, the also that goes along with that, RJ, in the event there is guy players that test positive, how they're going to have to be quarantined when they come back. They're going to be, have to be tested you know multiple times before they can get back on the field. So it's just so many uncharted waters, so many things that we haven't seen. Um, it's totally different than players last year. Look at what, what we're facing just a year ago, how things have changed. And right. it's just the fact that, you know, it, and it's almost like my kids are freshman year, kind of robbed their freshman year, the last three months in college. In, in your rookie year, whenever you're, you know, you're excited about it and you really, you know, you want to take advantage of your of really – a first round draft pick and just really trying to go through the the aspect of it. But even the veterans, I mean, it's just something that's really just kind of robbed your freedom. Mm -hmm. Think about, I think the freedom of just being able to walk and go whenever you want. And then all of a sudden have to be quarantined basically amongst your players. And I will say this because I know there's a time when you go through training camps where you just rigor mortis gets, you know, it sets in. And you hate being around each other. And obviously, it's not going to be. It's going to be a shorter version of that. 
Right. But this is going to be a test, a lot of uh, a lot of patience, I, I would think, because, again, there's uncertainty, the safety aspect and the fact that you have to do this is redundant. The fact the way they're going to have to test these guys to make sure they're safe. No, I, I think that that's um, like patience is is the thing. It's going to be a lot of, um, you know, the type of patience that's required uh, when you're when your plane hasn't taken off. You know what I mean? Like when you're sitting there on, on in the plane and you're like, you know, your flight's supposed to leave at three thirty. You're like, it's three thirty two. You know, why? Why are we still parked here or whatever? It's going to be. Yeah, you just want to get the hell off the ground. Yeah, right. And it's, it's going to be that type of patience. I was thinking about this and obviously we haven't heard anything like this from the NFL, but. I think it's very possible that if if the season goes through the way the NFL is kind of describing right now, uh, we're hearing all sorts of, again, protocols, certain players, cer- certain numbers of players allowed in meeting rooms, et cetera. I think it's kind of possible that that different players from like different sides of the ball might like never be in the same room the whole season. You know what I mean? Like, you, like, you know, your safeties never have to interact with your quarterbacks. Like, you could literally go an entire season right now if you play safety without ever being in the same room as Dak Prescott, hypothetically, because, you know, it's like, well, you, you can only have a certain number of people in this room. You can, you know what I mean? Like that, I think that's possible. That's kind of crazy that you, you almost have, it's almost like you have different companies in, in this like enterprise. You know what I mean? You've got your, your offensive line company, you've got your, your defensive line company and everybody's kind of doing their own thing. And then for very brief windows of time on Sunday afternoons, some companies will work together while others work together in different aspects. That's just a really, really, I mean, we're in, we're in weird times. Well, the, the thing also, and, and it's, it's something that's always, uh, it's pretty much in the National Football League or any, any locker room or any offensive defense. You don't spend that much time with the, the offensive defense, but, you know, it's, it's definitely going to be um, – the clinical aspect of it and being on social distancing. Here's my whole thing. When I started thinking, when you mentioned that RJ is think about the locker room and I'm not trying to get into detail, but I just remember as a player being in a locker room with all your guys, there's 55 guys in the locker room. You don't really care about germs or anything like that without getting into details. My point is, is that all of a sudden, you know, they're going to try to make that locker room as clinical and disinfected as possible when that's the intimacy of the, you know, the whole, uh, the relationship and the continuity of all these players is you're in a locker room. You don't think about being, you know, social distancing and being in a right. locker room. And it's like when the media is allowed to go in the locker room for a certain period of time, when I was at 12 o'clock, I mean, it was open to everyone. And now you're taking that away. And, and also I think it's just very, it's hard because it's like wearing a mask. People don't like wearing masks. I mean, we're required to wear one. And it's the same thing as, a, as an athlete. There's almost a point of part of you that like, you know, the hell with this, you know. It, it, we're, if we all are going to get COVID, we're all going to get COVID. But the bot problem was with it, is with that is that if one of the players is infected, then one of the other players is infected. And it's a week by week. It's almost a day by day process. Tell us so, hour by hour. Yeah. Hour. And so the fact that if a player gets, you know, gets COVID, uh, you know, maybe well, Dak Prescott gets COVID the week before. I mean, it's just so yeah. much maintenance is going to have to go involved, is going to be involved to make sure these players are safe and they're not exposed to the coronavirus. And I just no, think I, that that's so difficult. And I, I can't, I don't blame the NFL. I mean, how do you deal with this? I mean, it's just kind of a work in process. As you said, it's like an hour by hour. Well, so 
I think that some people thought, how could the NFL have wasted all this time? I, and I, I think that in some ways, I think, and I think you'll agree with this. And I don't, not to defend the NFL, but because this is so day by day, hour by hour, nobody thought we'd be here in March or April. You know what I mean? Like in March or April, we were talking like, oh, this, you know, maybe basketball season will be impacted or whatever. Maybe the Masters will be delayed a few weeks, you know, like stuff like that. But like, I don't think anybody anticipated this. Um, and so, I mean, it was, it was hard, you know, to, to be prepared for something that you weren't in anticipation of. But um, you mentioned the, the locker room and you're right, like not to go into specific detail, but um, different facilities are removing um, every other shower head so, so that you, you know, you don't have, and like, I mean, to your point, I mean, it's a really, it's a normal thing. I mean, you go take your shower and you're, maybe you're talking about this, whatever. And, you know, even like you said, the locker room, it's like, oh, um, you know, do you have any, whatever, like lotion, you know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, yeah but I it's, gotta, you know, more, more, more than, than anything, it's an inconvenience. Right. And now yeah. you have to like you have to be on guard at every second, you know what I mean? Because you can't trip up. Right. And 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 that's the the strict parameters in which the NFL and the trainers and however they're gonna deal the to really have to deal with this and and management, manage it and make it safe and disinfectant and everything else where I mean you're talking about fifty-three guys. You're talking about you know being able to play a game and 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 I understand the whole thing about them not understanding, you know, and just everyone the kind of the perspective is that they, the NFL just woke up and, okay, well, we you know, this is a, a, a work in progress. This is, you know, this is moving parts. And I mean, it has to be because again, no one's even dealt with this and they can't really, they, they can't speculate uh, on what they don't know. And I think the most important thing, RJ, is I think is that they would rather being a situation like this where there's only one preseason game that we found out that they're only going to play. Right. They being still up in the air. I mean, well, that's know. what I'm saying. We don't know. So it's either this or not even having a season. And I think that's the bigger picture. If, if there's no season, I mean, there's a lot of ramifications, financial hardship, a lot of things that the NFL doesn't play. I think they'd much rather do something like this as opposed to – you know, as you get one, maybe one preseason game, but get into it where they can monetize on something and actually have TV, uh, you know, actually be able to watch the games. And I think that that's where they kind of, you know, drew the line in the sand. And this is where we're, uh, what our stand's going to be right now. You um you mentioned the media a minute ago, and I want to bring this up um, because I think people should be prepared for it. Uh, there are, we are learning, there are going to be limitations on the number of reporters that are going to have access to uh, teams and to players, et cetera. There are going to be no open locker rooms like you talked about, Tony, you're right. Like every day at practice, locker room opens, people come in, they go talk to the Dak Prescotts or whatever, et cetera. Uh, sometimes, you know, it, it, you know, if a certain guy's had a big game, whatever, he gets to talk, et cetera. But that won't be the same. And so I really think that we are going to not have obviously as much information as we've had in literally every season to this point injury reports. I mean, teams are going to be able to, you know, how oftentimes like stuff gets out that teams are like, man, crap, you know, that got out, but they're going to be able because of the volume of people, the low volume that are covering the team that closely, they're going to be able to keep some stuff. It's like, Hey, TC's 
you know, he's got that knee replacement surgery. Well, we don't have to let everybody know about that, you know, just yet. We'll uh, we'll let Washington know on Sunday when we play them. I mean, there there are going to be, I think, some things that happen or pop up, and people are going to be like, "How did we not know about that?" It's going to be because things are are so different than they usually have. Well, I I think that there'll be enough information out there because I think the NFL is required to report injuries and everything, but it's not an assessment that you can go into the locker room and, you know, talk to a guy and just kind of get mm-hmm. a vibe. And, and that's the thing about it is if you're, you know, covering it, part of the media, it's good to be around it. And, you know, you can get, do your own assessment and you can talk to someone and say, Hey, you right. know, um, you know, Zach Martin, how you feel? How's the shoulder or just kind of get a vibe and, and, and just kind of like, you know, winging it a little bit because right. you're just getting information from, you know, whatever Rich Dalrymple, whatever the public relations or just one up, you know, what a couple of different reporters that are reporting. Um, but I it's going to be so odd and just weird uh, just for everyone. But I can only think, imagine as a player because you won't have to go through the, all this and which, you know, because it, it, it affects so many people. I mean, it affects players, it affects their families. I mean, it's a domino effect. I mean, it's, you know, a reporter comes in there. Reporter has COVID-19 and he, you know, he, he tests positive and now all the other people he's around, players or whatever. And I think that that's what they're trying to take away from that. They're trying to take away the numbers, the exposure. And, you know, the what we've seen lately, RJ, seems like it hasn't worked the way we thought, thought it would. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. I was um, I was listening to a, a college football podcast. Uh, shout out to the guys from Yahoo. They do a great job. And I don't know if you agree, Tony. I've said this already here uh, on our network. I don't think college football happens, um, although I think the NFL finds a way to, to power through. Um, just because of the professional aspects and things like that. But um, they were talking about, you know, how how people say, well, if the NBA is playing, how how is college football not going to happen? And they talked about how, you know, the, the essential personnel involved with the NBA is like 600 people, just because rosters are so much smaller, coaching staffs are smaller, et cetera. Um, whereas like 600 people is like three college football programs in terms of like, I mean, Every college football team has like a full charter of players and athletes and uh, scholarship players that aren't playing and, you know, coaching staffs and medical staffs and media staffs, et cetera. I mean, 
And and so it's the NFL is very similar. Obviously, it's just I, I don't know. I I have no idea what to expect. I mean, it. it where are you at? Um, I know we kind of talked about this last week, but where are you at? Um, one, you know, one to a hundred percent. We'll start with college football happening. <laughs> well, uh, I don't think uh, I don't know. I, I didn't do very good on the DAC contract. I think I had a percent, <laughs> but I don't think anyone. I think a lot of people thought that, that may happen, but it didn't. Uh, regardless, he's going to be a rich man. I don't really feel sorry for him. Don't feel sorry for Dak Prescott. He's going to be fine. You know, I agree with exactly what you just said, you know, on the Yahoo, you know, the, the college, uh, the podcast. And, and I've heard another show talking about it. And there's just so many masses. I mean, that's the best way you can. It's, it's you know, there's masses. There's too many people involved. You're on campus, you know, and, and I mentioned this on our show before is that my kids are going back to, OU in Arkansas, and they're going to be exposed. And, and, and it's just, there's too many, I guess, too many opportunities for, for kids on campus. And look, who, if you go, if you go back to college and you're an athlete or a student, who in hell wants to sit in a room and not do anything? I mean, you're going to go out, you're going to be exposed to other things. Not that that's, you know, you're, you're not, you may, you're not supposed to do that, but I mean, they're kids. So it's the same thing with, you know, the, the athletes and just having to deal with so many other, so many uh, other communications, if you will. And again, the fact that there's more people, uh, I, I, I do disagree. I think some people think that, well, I mean, the one thing I do agree on is that the NCAA, they need to play the, the games because of the TV revenue. And sure, that, I mean, I, I think maybe it gets pushed to the spring, but I don't well, think we're getting but, college football this fall. But so this is a point where I have a problem with because if you're a college athlete and there's some, and there's, you're questioning, you know, what am I safe? Do I want to play in this environment? Or even if you have, you know, my son's a college football player. Am I concerned about his health? Okay, because he's not an NFL player. I mean, maybe he someday in the future, he will be an NFL player. So then more of the safety aspect, the more the parent mode comes in. But then the NCAA will say, well, that's fine, but we need to play. Well, the reason why the NCAA wants to play, these teams want to play because of the money. So sure. that's the big test right there. But back to your question, do I think college football, I'm 80%, I'm about 85% that they won't, just because there's just too many channels to go through. There's too many barriers to disinfect this. I think with so many people involved – it's really, really hard to do. Um, I have a different question on the subject of college football. Um, if let's, you know, let's rewind. Entering your final season at OU, what was your thought at that point? I mean, obviously you would go second overall, but did you know that then? Like, I, I knew or, I had a pretty good. I, I knew I had a pretty good shot of being in the, the top five, top ten. You but knew it was, you were top yeah, of, the, of the class. Yeah, I, I felt pretty good about that, and then. Um, you know, if if COVID would have been around back then, I would have foregone my try to, you know. Well, that's uh, that's what I was getting at. Yeah. I, I would, yeah. So to your point. Yeah. I mean, I I didn't really wasn't an option, um, but there are all, all and maybe that's the thing I need to do with with college football. Guys are going to senior years, guys that are maybe that aren't going to get evaluated because I mean, they'll get evaluated. But it's it's probably maybe it'll be better because we saw how it was this year, RJ. There was no, you know, combine. There was, you know, there was a lot of, well, there was a combine, but after that, there was no pro day. There right, wasn't no pro days, no, 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 no,
Yeah, I think maybe you could do a, dis- a claimer or a disclaimer where, you know, this year, if you're a senior going in your, your, your senior year and you want to sit out because of COVID, um, there should be some little stipulations there. Uh, but that's the thing about it is that, you know, in my senior year, if I would have been faced with this type of pandemic decision, mm-hmm. I'm like, it'd be like being, it'd be like someone getting like Joey Bosa getting injured. Right. Uh, in Ohio State against TCU, I would have said, you know what? I think I'm just going to wait this. I'm not going to sit down the rest of the year. I think that's so interesting. I think um, people have had this argument kind of uh, about players skipping bowl games, mm-hmm. uh, you know, way, way before this. Um, but that's so you're saying if if you if your senior season was now and you knew that you were, you know, top five pick, whatever the case may be, you would you would sit out. I mean, just. Why risk it? I mean, yeah, that- I, I would. I wouldn't have a. I, I wouldn't have a. He- I wouldn't hesitate. I mean, I, and I, I right now would be the best time for me to validate it because there's so many uncertainties. You know, you're going to play your you know non-conference, you're not, no more non-conference oh, that's games. A, that's a great point too. Like the quality of because like, yeah, what if, so like, so, if so what do I have to lose? Yeah, like it's one thing if I mean if you like let's use you as an example. It's one thing like Tony Casillas at Oklahoma, but what about like your your randoms, not randoms, but like your random schools that that are playing now just conference USA games or whatever. You're you're missing out on those big stages, those big opportunities, those you know to show who you are against the premier talent in college football. I assume then that um, if college football got delayed to the spring and it was still your your draft year you would you wouldn't play in that spring season because the draft is coming around the corner right away well yeah and that's a, it's another great point think about that if they decide to play in the spring all those senior guys are coming out in the draft then all of a sudden they're gonna the, the national football league is gonna say well you know are we gonna have a draft <laughs> yeah. so i mean and that's a really good point and so people really haven't talked about that let's see some of the big you know like the the Trevor Lawrence, you know, I, I don't know. He's he, all the high projected draft picks going into this year. I mean, I would tell those guys right now, I wouldn't have any reservation by telling them, look, don't don't play this year. Mm-hmm. This is not going to be a conventional year. This is something, the uncertainty, there's a lot of things that are going to change. Why even risk it? I mean, it's not, you know, it's not going to be a conventional year. I mean, they don't even know uh, if there's going to be football. Now, I think the decision will be made for them. For this fall, because as I said, and I, I think we both agree, right, RJ, mm-hmm. that 80, 85 percent of us, I feel like they're not going to play. I I just I can't even begin to like count the number of questions. Right. I mean, because even if they did play, how do you and I'm getting really, really, really hypothetical. But even if they played conference only schedules, how do you pick your four playoff teams? You know, like, like how do I don't, you I don't see how they have a national championship game this year. Right. I mean, because- I, I think that they ultimately, if they play, it's going to come down. Look, we want to try to get something out on the field because we want to get some TV revenue. But even right. if that, what happens if they just have like a full blown, you know, spike and there's 100 guys get tested positive? It's it's done. It's you get three or four or five guys, six, ten guys. They've already had guys test positive, 10 guys on, you know, in, that have reported yeah, it, going back. So, I mean, this is not even – that's like tip of the iceberg. I And I I don't know enough about the world of college athletics completely to think about if, if 
football did get moved to the spring. How does that impact spring sports, right? Like, what, what does that do to – and I'm talking, like, from a television standpoint. Like, what does that do – like, let's let's play that out hypothetically. And I know this show talks about the NFL, but this is really fascinating. Now. Let's say college football starts, I don't know, mid-January, right? So it runs for three months. Well, at some point, that – you know, TV schedule will conflict with the NCAA tournament. Like you're talking then the final games of your college football season would be like, we would have, you know, what does CBS do? Like, like that, what, are they putting, you know, like they're prime yeah, like competing, they're, they're, they're competing against each other. And, and look, I think they're all the, the power five conferences are going to definitely, but I mean, the March Madness, that's a lot of small schools that benefit because of their, right. you know, their, their basketball program. Um, the Marquettes and, the, you know, those type of teams, you know, the, right. the small, you know, the schools that are the Pauls, the schools that are, you know, are predominantly a basketball school. And then right. you're competing Georgia against Mason, our, stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. So they need that. And, and who's to say, is any different? You look even at basketball or even football. Is it that much different than it was in March whenever they canceled all the – all the winter sports. I mean, I is it? I mean, is it? Are we back to where we were? Doesn't I mean, it feel like? Exactly. Doesn't that feel like so long ago? Like when I know, the NCAA it like years ago. But I mean, the, the question is, is like, do we know how to? I mean, we know we need to wear masks. We know what we need social distancing. But ultimately, is it better than it was in March, whenever this whole pandemic started? I think we have more questions. Now, at least I have more questions, which is amazing because I had an infinite number then. Um, and I still continue. And I, I've said I know I've said this several times on our network. I, there are, I still continue to think of things and then I'll remind be like, oh, wow, that that happened during the pandemic. And that feels like like the, the, the other day. I'll use this as an example, Tony. Um, I got an email that the last dance mm-hmm. is on net, is on yeah. Netflix now. And and I thought about it, I was like. That was so long ago. And we got one episode or two episodes every week. And that was so long ago. And that was during the pandemic. That's- and then here we go. Netflix wants to cash in again on it because we're all going to watch it. But yeah. I it, just- you know, look, RJ, I mean, I don't – and look, I want to – if someone could tell me right now that they're going to play spring football – uh, you know, college football. I mean, I'd be all excited about it, and they and they knew that they could do it and plan it. But that's the problem; we can't plan it because we don't know. I mean, that's I mean, that, and I think people like even us that are, I mean, we're all selfish. We want sports back. I mean, we want to watch sports on TV, mm-hmm. whatever costs. I mean, we don't have. I mean, I don't have to go to you know to watch a game, but we want to see it. But the problem is, the people that have to put it on. The players and everything else that goes along with it. I mean, they don't, they don't know. And and my whole deal is like, I'm just tired of it. I mean, I am so fatigued about this, but there's nothing you can do. I mean, really. I mean, think about it. And it's just, you know, it's just the the state of mind and the state of the, our country. But just more, just the focus on sports and how we want it so bad that I think ultimately we we may be let down. Well. Um... I don't know. I mean, there are a lot of questions. But all uh, I'm looking forward to September 10th because isn't that NBC? Is that the Chiefs and the uh, – That is technically the schedule opener. Do you uh, see that? I, I don't know where I saw that. I don't know what, what, what the, I don't know where I saw that uh, they were advertised. I'm thinking, damn, I just want 
I want to have some normalcy. I want to plan on that game September 10th. That that will be, God willing, everything <laughs> lines up. An awesome Thursday. The Chiefs will raise their banner, um, you know, and it, it will be a lot of uh, a lot of fun. Assuming that game happens. See, hey, can I say one thing? Because what made me think about the one preseason game? Of course. Um, I think as a player, I'll be pretty happy because I'm only going to have to play one preseason game. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to get – well, I, I'm just – I mean, because isn't wasn't that part of the whole collective bargain agreement is try to – you know, the, the, the NFL wanted to, you know, get another playoff game, 17-game schedule, and then the players have always said there, there's too many preseason games, even the owners to a certain point. Mm-hmm. But now they're only going to have one. They might not even have any preseason game. But the, the point I'm getting at, and I'm not trying because I know there's a lot of people who have lost jobs. I mean, we're the financial crisis we're in. Uh, it's been terrible. But I'm looking as a player, I'm thinking, man, if I still get that game check 17 weeks, I'm still going to be Dak Prescott. I'm going to prorate the 16 divided by or 30 million divided or 16 yeah. divided by 30 million. Do the math on that check. So as long as I get those game checks, and look, I'm looking as a player perspective, right? I, I don't have a problem with it, even if it ha- I have to alter the way I live for just 16 or 17 weeks. And I understand guys like Russell Wilson's are concerned about that, but damn, that's a lot of money. No, I think that that's what I think. I think it was Stephen Adams from the Thunder uh, was talking about the bubble. Because um, early on, remember there was all the like the complaints about the bedrooms, and and Steve, I think it was Stephen Steve Adams that said, um, "I might be getting the player wrong, but I know it's a Thunder player that said, look, 'Look, we're living in a resort. You know, like it's this isn't bad.' He was like, sometimes the food isn't great, but you know, there are people that have it so much worse. You know, and it was it was a kind of a good slap of perspective on the situation. Um, you know." Uh, well, Tony, the next time we talk next Tuesday is the official, uh, officially scheduled report date to training camp for players. Uh, but again, they will show up, they will take a COVID test, um, and then they will have to wait 72 hours and take another test and have to have both of those be negative before they can begin strength and conditioning. Um, and then after they do some strength and conditioning, uh, whenever they're going to have their player, their whole team meeting, that has they have to go home and everybody has to get on Zoom because there's 90 dudes in there and they can't do that all together. Um, it's just it's wild, man. It's, it's crazy uh, times, and I, I don't know. If it, I, I I had to do my um, my COVID uh, 19 my my test before my 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 surgery six weeks ago. That's right. And I know and I know the swab is it's a lot different than it was. The one they had before I think would go all the way up to your brain, but it's a shorter oh. version. And I don't know how these players, but every time they stick that swab up, I, maybe they're. I, I, it seems to me that's the only way they're going to test them. But how many? How would you like to have to do that? I mean, I, I it's not that bad, but the fact that you have to do that test every time. I saw countless some, times. I mean, God, I so, saw an NBA player tweeted um, something like, "Our nostrils are going to be on fire for a while." I mean, because. But again, that's you know, if, if that's the price to pay. Um, you know, for everyone to be safe, you know, that the priority is safety above all. Um, uh, well, um, Tony training camp is, is here. Man, I'm excited. Yeah. I like, so, so what are the, so you, we mentioned earlier, so what are specifics as far as the media, as far as handing out credentials? I mean, how are we going to get our information? As I understand it, 
Um, and I think things are still changing. I believe there are going to be 10 reporters per team. I mean, and that might be down to like four and four pool reporters. And, and a pool report is kind of a, like a daily event uh, summarization. Um, and so it will be extremely limited. Uh, the number of credentialed people on site um, at every team's facility. And then, and then you think about though, I mean, like, like if we were in normal times, right? Every national reporter or every or every national outlet would have somebody at Buccaneers training camp, right? right. Like to get the first look at, at Brady and Gronk, et cetera. And so think about um, like Peter King wrote on Monday that he wanted to go check out Bucks camp. Well, you know, Peter King is going to get a credential to wherever he wants to go. But if there are so many limited ones, you know, the day he goes, that's one less for, you know, call it the local media, whatever you want. I mean, it's that is a I mean, look, we're talking about a very I don't want to say insignificant, but a, a way that the safety is the most important thing. This is a, a, a different factor. Um, but that is that is a real thing that is going to require a lot of, you know, figuring out and, and organizing and structure because um, think you've got all these national reporters that typically every week float from city to city or, you know, team to team, whatever. And if they're showing up one week to, you know, check out the Kansas City Chiefs, you know, that day, that week, you know, there's one less available for the local media. And, you know, then, you know, and like think about in Dallas, how many local media members there are. You know, you've got your Dallas Morning News. You've got, you know, uh, there's a lot of media. Credentials, you've, got, yeah. you've, you've got every news station, mm-hmm. you know, you've, you've got just the local media would be enough to cause a stir. And then you inject the national media. It's it's um, it's a headache. And well, I, the, the, the best thing about this is that we're going to move forward and training camp starts and a new era is beginning with Mark, Mike McCarthy. A lot of great things are happening. So I think we just got to get on that wagon and like really, really hope and speculate that. They're going to, this is going to, this whole coronavirus, they're going to be able to management and be able to embrace and hopefully enjoy the Mike McCarthy era and, and excited to see how it, you know, it's going to turn out this first year. For sure. Uh, well, next time we talk, we'll have um, hopefully a little bit more to chew on when it comes to Mike <laughs> McCarthy. Uh, Tony, have a, a great rest of your week. Who wins the two m Open? That's our, our little tradition. We got to pick uh, the winner on the PGA Tour. Um, that's a great question. I'm always going to go with Justin Thomas. That's my, that's my go-to guy from now on. That's, I I think, I think that's my favorite if he's even in the field. Um, I will, uh, John Rahm, he played one last week in Memorial. So I'm going to go with pick those. Those are going to be my two favorites, one and two. Who you got? I'll copy you. Um, (laughs) I'll just copy you exactly. Um, well, sweet. Uh, Tony, have yourself a great week. Everybody listen and have a great week. Stay safe. We'll talk to you next Tuesday. This was the 750.